Master Tavern Keeper's History of the Old World. So, that was the great Ogham, then. Where had you been before you reached such an important place and such an important turning point in your life? Ah, well, the entourage of our esteemed leader, the great and venerable Marbon, of which our little group had uh, begrudgingly been a part of, were following the lost road southwards. And we'd not long left the pillar of Og Agog, before reaching the great Ogham that momentous night. Oh, yeah, let me guess. Is this pillar of uh, Hog Agog, was it? Uh, yet another big pile of large rocks, then. <laughs> I see that the beer is kicking in. Anyhow, it's Og Agog, by the way. And yes, and push comes to shove, you're right. But that is all any of this is, to be honest. And we. We are but the dust that blows about them. But uh, the philosophy of existence aside, the pillar of Og Agog has a great deal of significance for everyone in Albion. It is at the very heart of the island, and it lies in the very heart of each and every Albionite. Eh? I'm sorry, I don't... Uh... Oh, I'm seeing a bit of confusion on your face there, Heinrich. Here, let me explain. Ach, well, for a start, the name of the pillar itself, Og Agog, means magical heart, or something like that in your uh, Reichspiel there. Anyhow, and uh, insofar as the uh, calculations of the truth there goes, it sits at the geographical heart, by which I mean the very centre of the island of Albion. When I last passed there, on the way to the Great Ogham, it was on a most auspicious day, for it was the, uh, again, Using some terms you might be familiar with, it was the uh, midsummer throng at the end of Summer's Vite, just before the year tentatively steps into the uh, mysterious, how do you say, Forgerheim? Is that right? In terms of the calendar of your empire. Ah, I'm impressed. Your command of our language and knowledge of our calendar, especially for someone who hasn't even been to the empire, is impressive. Ach. When Reichspiel is the uh, de facto language of commerce, you're kind of forced to pick us up. And as to my knowledge of your calendar, well, that's all down to you, Master Tavernkeeper, and your obsession with the passage of time. Ah, if I'm not mistaken, I think that might be a compliment. Although I'm not quite sure, coming from you. <laughs> it is what it is. But either way, I'm all the more knowledgeable for your foibles. So know this at least. My gratitude is unambiguous. I... I... Ach, now there's a rare sight. The master tavern keeper lost for words, is it? Well, much as I'd like to dwell on this moment, I think it would be polite if I only continued with my story instead. On the day that I was there last, the whole area around the pillar of Og Agog was filled with men, women and children from all over the land and the atmosphere was like a whirlwind whipping through the riverside reeds. 
This was not my first time coming to Agogolo. I'd been a number of times as a small child before I uh, joined the seminary, and uh, I had hazy recollections of staring up at the massive marble pillar as it stretched up into the sky, holding my father's hand and watching the dragonflies whip around us, chased by the jackadors that live in the area. Oh, yeah, who is this uh, Jacques Ador? A uh, Bretonian, perhaps? Who? Oh, no. Who? You don't mean who. You mean what? You see, the pillar has become a, a beacon and a haven for flocks of small grey-black birds. They're uh, folk where I grew up, anyway, called uh, jackadors. That you, uh, you don't just find there, but you find them all over the island. And here on the continent, too, I've seen them. They, uh, they go by many names, though. Uh, are any of these familiar, perhaps? I've heard them called Ka, Kai, Kados, Kadesis, Chalks, Jackdaws, Kawatis, and even Sea Crows. It just depends on where you grew up, I guess. Ah, ah yes. yeah, Kados. Sea Crows. <laughs> I'm sure you're both right. Anyhow, for some reason, they are uh, drawn to Og Agog in unusually large numbers, and on windy days, Great tides of dark feathers sweep and flow around the pillar before eventually settling at its base. These particular birds seem to be attuned to magic and there are lots of stories attached to them up and down the country. For example, where I'm from, they used to say that uh, a jackador on the roof heralds a new arrival, but also an early death. Out east, in Fen and Bog country, they say that seeing one on the way to a wedding is a good omen. And the reason for this, my uh, fellow truthsayer Chossack taught me, was that jackadors are very loyal and they pair for life, you see. Although uh, not always to members of the opposite sex, it has to be said. Oh, yeah, yeah. How heartwarming. Ach, I, I thought so too. Anyhow, one legend known by all Albionites is this. It says that they were once pure white, but... They took their uh, grey plumage in mourning after the great catastrophe robbed the world of the steering hands of the old ones. Of course, as to its veracity, I've no idea, but uh, it's believed by a great many. Anyhow, back to the pillar. On cloudy days, which is most days, the zenith of Og Agog is completely obscured, but on those rare cloudless days that come but uh, once a decade, the statue that sits atop can be seen, if uh, distant and indistinctly. Now, legend says that long ago, the image of a god was carved from the stone on the top of the pillar, a leader amongst the immortal old ones, whose uh, winged chariot soared across the heavens. Ah, one of the ones you mentioned earlier. Talangsla, the warrior god, wasn't it? The one invoked still by the chariot makers of old Albion. Ugh, impressive. Most impressive. Well remembered there, Master Tavern Keeper. Ah, well, in my line of work, it pays to really listen. Ugh, uh, well, it's a good skill to foster. Anyhow, back to the uh, pillar of Og Agog and the statue of Talangsla. Well, being so high up, of course, none have laid eyes on it uh, up close in an age. And with the amount of birds that live and roost around there, I've no idea what state it's in. But the spirit of Talangsa appears to be very much alive in the shadow of Ogogog, for the pillar has become a gathering point for all the native tribes of Albion each and every year. 
and the most skilled warriors from each tribe compete against each other in a series of games. Oh, yeah. In what sort of things do they compete, these uh, athletic young men? Ah, and uh, women, of course. Ach, well, in luck. The day we were there, shortly before we left Albion, was the day of the annual games. We got there before midday. A great crescent of tents had sprung up around the outskirts of where the games were to be held, and the merriment was in full swing. As we got nearer, the smell of cooking meats, spilt mead, music, singing and cavorting filled the air and stirred our young souls, as, uh, as well as other parts that the teachings of the truthsayers could not reach. Anyhow, we all moved quickly through the camp and it's a plethora of delights until we eventually reached the place where the games themselves were being held. It was, of course, no accident that we were there that day. The venerable Marbin had been invited to open the events and we, as his entourage, needed to get him to the base of the pillar by noon. Tribal officials had been looking out for us and uh, they quickly came to our aid as soon as they saw we had arrived, clearing away for us and uh, scattering chalk dust in front of the truth says Hog, the white-maned Torque, whom Marbon was uh, unusually now sat astride. This gave myself and uh, Chossack a bit of a much-needed relief from having to take care of the beast, thank goodness. As we followed in the wake of Torque, the chalky dust he was kicking up, covering us from head to toe in white, I have to say, I saw that the preparations for the games were complete. To the west of the pillar, a wide field that had all of its wild grass cut short for the many bouts of wrestling that were to take place. To the east, a long stretch of tilled earth had been set aside for spear throwing, its flanks lined with a variety of spears of different lengths, girths and weights. Ah, and uh, speaking of weights, the, uh, the rockier ground to the south had been designated the place where tests of strength were to take place, be it lifting up great round stones attached to staffs, tossing tree trunks, or dragging small men hears around. But these were mere sideshows. The main event was the chariot race on the pristine track of coloured red sand into which shiny mica had been mixed to produce a glittering effect. Oh, yeah. I do love me a day at the races. Out of interest, how big was the track? Ach, you are a man after my own heart. As it happens, I too followed the racing very closely. The oval-shaped track was around uh, 2,000 feet long and 800 feet wide. So one of the larger ones. And uh, the starting gates were located on the straight near one end of the oval. There were 12 gates meaning that each race could have a maximum of three chariots from each tribe. And, uh, as you can imagine, the competition for these spots was fiercely contested throughout the year. There were uh, four types of chariot race. The one horse, the two horse, the three horse and the four. And around the campfires, the uh, discussion about the merits of each over the other was a uh, hotly discussed topic, especially once the drink was flowing. I was a keen follower of the uh, four-horse races. In my opinion, the skill to uh, steer four horses as one is the most challenging and a true demonstration of a driver's skill. But uh, that's just my own opinion. Anyhow, with the help of the event officials, 
the venerable Marvin soon found his way onto the large scaffolding that had been constructed at the base of uh, the Og Agog, next to a large effigy of Talanxla atop his sky chariot. Here, Marvin said a few words that no one could hear due to the strong breeze that were blowing that day, but no one missed him raising up his burning torch and setting a light to the wicker charioteer. As a team of strongmen began their challenge of getting it around the track before it burnt itself out. As usual, the wheels burned off before they could make it halfway to much laughing and cheering. We were there for the next four days. Four of the happiest days of my life, actually. I just got to live. No responsibilities. No thoughts on the past, no the future. Just living in the present. And uh, this reaffirmed my decision. The life of a truth-seer was not for me. At the end of the fourth day, I went to Mulwa and his daughter, Brennana, and told them I was in. I too would leave Albion with them, Merchard and Chossack as well, as well as uh, Aidan and Braden, our two protectors on the Estallion boat. But uh, you just can't stop being a truth-sayer in Albion. Such men and women are viewed with suspicion and inevitably become pariahs and outcasts with nowhere to call home. The only option, uh, at least to my mind, was to make a fresh start in pastures new. And thus, here I am. And uh, back to your point earlier, Septimus. Uh, I mean, uh, Master Tavernkeeper. Yes, perhaps I do have a few regrets. But I know this was the right path for me. Ah, well, I can relate. Having left my own home too far, far behind. Yeah, yeah, this too is the situation I find myself in. Reduced to selling my sword across the old world, going from dungeon to dungeon, my blade ever slick with blood and ancient coins ever burning a hole in my knapsack. Well, in that case, gentlemen, I propose a toast. To friendship found far from home. Ach, a fine toast there, Master Tavernkeeper. I'll drink deep to that. But before we move on, I have one last thing to say about Ogagog. An old legend and a warning. It says that should the pillar ever topple, then Albion will be lost. For although it is we truthsayers ourselves that create the mists that enshroud and hide our island, it is the magic within the pillar of Ogagog that binds them to the land and keeps us safe. Without it, they would uh, simply dissipate as quickly as we could conjure them. And I'm sure, as I mentioned earlier, the invasion of our land from every quarter would begin soon after. Then, let us hope that such a day never comes. Aye, let us hope that.